Welcome to episode 28 of The Endless Stream, which is also week one of Spooky Season Stream. I'm Aiden, and as usual, I'm joined by Kevin and Brian. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and just all-around shit-talkers that are going to take some of the endless stream of content brought to you by Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Hulu, Spotify. Wherever you get your content, we're going to take a chunk of it, we're going to watch it, and we're going to talk about it. Given the nature of these conversations, they are very spoiler-heavy. So if you haven't seen Hereditary, if you haven't seen What If, if you haven't seen Why the Last Man, maybe go check them out and come back to us. As I mentioned there, it is the first week of our Halloween series and we are watching Hereditary to sort of mark that. It's going to be a a month of horror movies in here. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast and wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, please give us a like, a thumbs up, a subscribe, comment, do whatever you can to just give us a little bit of support. That would be great. You can also follow us over on Instagram at at the endless cast. There you'll find clips of the show and illustrations that we do to just add a little extra content. And we engage with the audience over there. So comment and leave us a message. Disagree with us. Tell us what to watch. You can also send us an email, theendlesscast at gmail.com. So those are all the ways to get in touch with us. Those are all the ways to listen and support us. All that being said, let's jump into the episode. So this is week one of the Halloween series of podcasts where we're going to watch and discuss a horror movie each week. It's five weeks worth of podcasts in this month. Um, So I think the, the Halloween theme is going to get, you know, get its money worth. We watched Hereditary this week. That's been around long enough. I think this is, as Brian said, turning into um, make Aiden watch mm-hmm. horror movies he's never seen. Um, it's what I've always wanted. I did watch Hereditary. I feel ways about it. Um, it's a movie that, like, I kind of, with horror movies, I kind of think, like, Jaws is always my example where, like, I don't like horror movies, but if you get great actors, great filmmaker, decent script, and you make a great film independently of it being a horror film, it's undeniable they're just it's good like I don't I got sick to death of slasher movies in my teenage years where it's just like oh five teenagers and we're just gonna kill them all got it okay you know you whatever this is the type of thing that's just like I saw Tony Collette and I went oh god this thing is going to be really upsetting because she's just she amazing she sells that grief so well oh god but before we dive into my trauma let's run down the list of things that we also have on deck Brian went to see Bond. James we have Bond. Only Murders in the Building. We have Why the Last Man. Um, Bond, James Bond. Um, I threw a trailer in for a movie called Wolf. Did you guys get a chance to watch that trailer? You didn't. I, I opened it and then we, we kept waffling. <laughs> and then there's a tra- another trailer for the new season of Dexter or the Dexter Revival. Do you want to watch that trailer? Are you, cur- are you currently watching that I'm trailer? I'm currently watching it. I watched um, The Green Knight also, actually. Oh, yeah. Damn, I want to watch that. It's on Prime. There's still time. It's on Prime now. It is also in cinemas. Yeah. It's in cinemas and it's on Prime. I watched it on Prime. Prime and then Free Man. Free Guy is on Disney Free Plus Guy. now as well. Yeah, we already talked about that. Though. No, I think we... No, we already talked about it. We've got to have a big discussion about it. I no, mean, no, we can talk I mean, about it again when you see it. I mean, just saying it's on Prime or it's on, it's on, it's on Disney Plus. So I, I threw the trailer there in for Wolf. When I saw it pop up on YouTube, the only other movie I know named Wolf is a Jack Nicholson thing from the 90s with David Hyde Pierce which was just you know Jack Nicholson weirdly turning into a wolf oh, I vaguely remember that actually this thing is oh, according to Wikipedia it is an Irish Polish drama written and directed by Nathalie Biancheri it stars George McKay Lily Rose Depp Paddy Considine Eileen Walsh Fiona Shea Lola Pettigrew 
uh, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, it is the story about a boy, Jacob, who believes that he is a wolf, and it's set in a clinic which cures people who have this illness, which is called species dysphoria. They believe that they're an animal trapped in a human body. In all ways, except physical, I am a wolf. That's a meme there for two people who clearly don't know memes. Losers. How, how are people meant to listen to this podcast if I zone I don't know. You, you're, the, you're the heart. You keep people in it with your... Yeah, so put your phone away, you piece of shit. And show up. Show up. God, he, he goes away for I'm one here. week and he comes back with his fucking attitude. And it's just... That's, that's projecting. That was you after Italy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm still like that. That's why I said it. Oh, so I'm still salty. I'm not Italy. So this movie much. comes out December third, um, Christmas. It yeah, it looks cool. Like I it look cool. It, it's interestingly shot. The the physical movement stuff the guys are doing, like uh, that, that quadrupedal stuff, is really interesting it's to called me. Crawling, crawling. Um, um, I'm sorry, I threw it Yeah, completely. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It look. It looks interesting, you know. Um, it do. It do. It, it looks like a film about the guy from the meme that I referenced that you didn't get. Mm. And the woman from Glow. Ah, yes. Okay. That'll be my pitch. Right. I was watching it that's, going. There's two people that think they're wolves for, for anyone who didn't know what I'm talking about. I, I was watching it half thinking, oh, like, yeah. you know, the way there are people that identify as wolves, wolves and animals. And I was just like, animals. it's called species dysphoria. Why, why is it always, and why is it always wolves? It's a good point, Kevin. <laughs> 50 years, are we going to look back at this as like a, 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 a prejudiced look at species conversion therapy? Are we going to look back at this as like a really mm. tone deaf dismissal of a real thing he might maybe I, I suppose things like that have happened before you know we're, we're going to get cancelled then in 20 mm. years when this conversation resurfaces yeah uh, I'm pro people actually no 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 I take that back I'm not pro wolves I, I'm not going to say it's not a real thing because I don't understand the world anymore if this film is some tone deaf analogy mm. for you know gender dysphoria, yeah, then, well, that's then, it, then, yeah, it can then, go then away. fuck that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's always wolves. It's it? always it's wolves. Always people yeah, identify as wolves. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, that is interesting. Hmm, not dragons or tigers. You know those people who are. Kinkajous. I'm a kinkajou. Do you know the way like yeah, people? Do you know the way you're a kinky He's a, Jew? You need to He's spend more time Jew. on TikTok. Put the Instagram down. Oh, yeah. oh! I think this I've is how you pick up a kinkajou. I'm not on. Ins- I'm not on. I'm a kinkajou, and that's how you pick me up. <laughs> oh yes, I saw oh, TikTok. Yes. God, do you remember um, 2020 when TikTok started? That, that's an oldie but a goodie. In my day, I would say that people who wore t-shirts with, like, wolves sitting on mm. mountains in the moonlight behind them and, like, Native American yeah. motifs and things like that, I kind of feel like they're the people who identify as wolves nowadays. Well, I mean, there was a kind of, like, 
like Napoleon Dynamite took a lot of that like aesthetic and like it was that sort of kind of oddball demographic was associated with that. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I knew anybody wearing that, that stuff ironically. No, I think people wear it now ironically, but those people weren't. Though I, think, I guess they sort of sincerely ironically wear. I don't know. Look, just head to toe black clothes, guys. That's what I do. Mm. I think people nowadays just dress bad intentionally. It's like some sort of new style. No, no, no. I'm being serious. It's like it's like a, it's like it's like kind of they're going back to like the. Kevin's just now confessing that he doesn't like what people wear, and he doesn't get fashion. I don't get fashion. That's that's how this is going to sound. But no, because I didn't get I didn't get fashion in the in the nineties either. So and I was alive then. Like I'm alive now. How old were you in the nineties? Nineteen ninety nine. How old were you? Eleven. Yeah, I see. That's it's fashion's not for you at eleven. Um, yeah, but you know, like everybody looked like they were just they were coming off a of heroin. It was a look. It was a look. It was it was like a, a high fashion look. Is that just a just Monaghan thing? Athlone. Monaghan. Athlone. I got mixed up. <laughs> Don't be saying where I'm from. Wow. Who do I be saying where I'm from? Wow. Uh, who do I know from Monaghan? Oh, no, I do know. I know who I know from Monaghan. Shout out to Mark. Kevin's talking about heroin yeah. chic. That, that's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Fair. Twas, yeah, and I just feel like... On, on people indeed. that were doing cocaine and heroin. Yeah. yeah. I just I just feel like... Shout out to Kate kind Moss. Of, I was thinking about her. She's a long-time listener. Mm. Zero-time caller. As of yet. Yep. As of yet. But she's listening. Her lawyers will probably get in touch first, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. For the season desist. Just to arrange a call. <laughs> yeah. Complete complete non sequitur and probably cutting Kevin off. Um, I've got to the point in Spin City. Oh, That's please, not a bad thing. Please do. Yeah. I've, got, I've got to the oh, point. Oh, not for Spin City, though. I've got to the point in Spin City where Michael J. Fox is dating <laughs> Heidi Klum. He- Heidi Klum, the supermodel, features very heavily in this show. And is she playing herself? Yeah. So and then was nice. it Elle McPherson was in Friends? She's playing yeah. herself. Yeah. Jesus. Elle McPherson was playing a model, but she yeah. wasn't playing herself, mm. was she? Heidi Klum is playing the model Heidi Klum and Michael J. Fox is trying to get headlines with her and she dumps him. You know what, like that isn't out yeah. of the yeah. realm of possibility yeah. in New York, yeah. I guess. He'd be a sort of like Ram Emanuel type yeah. character. He is a he is a, a, a yeah. top level Manhattan politician dating a model. It's actually not unfeasible, but it was just kind of funny going, Wow, there's a lot of Heidi Klum in this show. The last two episodes of season three are called Clumageddon. Just to, wow. just to, by way of going, wow, they really did feature this lady. And then they got rid of Jennifer Esposito. I miss her. I don't know. I don't know. I miss Jennifer Esposito. She was proto Jennifer Lopez. No, uh, who's the other? Who was the the lady who played Will Ferrell's life and the wife and the other guys? Even Mendez. Esposito Eva was around before Mendez. But yeah. you said she's proto Jennifer Lawrence. I think of her as proto Eva Mendez. No, Jennifer Lopez. Was Jennifer Lopez. Proto Esposito was proto proto Lopez, but Esposito was never musical or neither neither J Lo. But I, I think of because I think Esposito and Mendez got Spicy. mixed up for each other. You mixed no, them I up. remember. I never mixed somebody them up. saying you're doing so well with that Will Ferrell movie, and she's like, "You're thinking of Vivian." Like they were getting each other's props there for a minute. Um, no, one's a movie star, the other's a TV actor who went away for a long time and then came back in a cop show. Let's take this episode from the top. Uh, Wolf looks good. This is you. This is no, on you, this Kevin. This is me. This is, this is me. I, w- I wouldn't... Um, this is a, no, this is, this yeah, is our Kevin. Intention. Yeah. He, he, he's got to be chaotic, chaotic, just chaotic enough 
for it to be kind of freewheeling, but also rolling forward. And I, I can't even remember the last thing Kev was talking about, but it didn't bring us to the next thing. It brought us to Spin City. And that's on yeah. Kev. Yeah. Kev, show up, please. I'm so tired. I feel sick. <laughs> he, he, he talked about fashion, and that brought me to Heidi Klum. There you go. It's, it's Kev's fault. There was yeah. a, another Dexter feature I'm used released. To when does that show come out? Maybe later this year. I'm did you sure. watch Dexter when it was on TV? Yes. I did. I, I think I skipped. I either bailed. I, I either bailed. I either bailed out on the last season or I skipped it altogether. I can't All right. Which, but it got really bad. Yeah. They only made four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. John Loco was the best. Everything else. Everything else we just we yeah. imagined. I think we. Everything I else think was fantastic. We did talk a bit about this because I did love. I did love we that did. show, but it reached a point where he wasn't making decisions that you could follow or get behind in any way. Every decision he made, you were just screaming, how would you ever make that fucking decision? And by the final season, you know, the characters you actually cared about were getting completely shit on by his bad decisions. And just you just couldn't care anymore because you're just watching an idiot make bad decisions and fuck up the lives of the characters you actually liked yeah i watched uh, i i never loved it but it was like a regular thing that i i looked forward mm. to watching but i never really loved it um a lot of dodgy performances in it it was only ever interesting when he was chasing an interesting killer yeah uh, yeah the, the guy who played the guy who played dokes was so over the top <laughs> like surprise just, motherfucker and surprise, his sister I, I i think i read a couple of times that she intentionally did the swearing his sister wife she yeah she sounded awkward swearing that much or the writers let her down but pretty much everybody else outside of michael c hall in that show was pretty i I liked deborah um as as the sister and i didn't i I enjoyed the swearing because i'm a simple boy i thought yeah i was watching going she's making right decisions and she's getting shit on by this show. And what happened to that character in the end was like, it's fucking 10 years later or something at this point. Like, I can just go, like, they, they killed her very unceremoniously and her brother dumped her off a fucking boat in the harbor. And it's like, this is grim. And it's it's a real kind of upsetting ending the, for the a thing character is, that they, we loved for seven seasons. And we did. I, like, they could have done that and pulled it off in a better way. Mm. In that, you know, it could have been about the fact that Dexter has always just been a monster that has, you know, been harmful to the people around him. If they had led the story to that, but instead it just felt like they were just casting off things that they They're just trying to wrap everybody's story up, just like, and that ends that way, and that ends this way, and that ends that way, and then he's up in a fucking hut somewhere. Like, yeah, they just tried to get everybody. That was always the problem with it, was that from season one you saw it, like, We've painted ourselves into a corner in episode nine, episode ten, Deus Ex Machina, everything works out. You know, so, so and it would always be a massive cliffhanger on the end of nine that was resolved in the first five to ten minutes of the episode, and the rest of the episode was just packing everything away. That they got mm-hmm. better, culminating in season four with John Lithgow, which was perfect. That's that's the perfect season of Dexter. Um, and then everything after that, I think, did they follow John Lithgow with Johnny Lee Miller? I think so. Those two things. 
Sorry, Johnny, but that's that's a big. I was watching element, Elementary this steep week. Steep drop. Um, yeah, I I fell off of that after the second he, season. He may- I think. Yeah, I just jumped in on like season four or five. Um, Remember when we said Kevin wasn't delivering in this episode? Mm-hmm. I just for the listener, Kevin it, un- silently just left a while ago. He just walked off. He's had enough. Did he leave his headphones in? Um, we talk shit about him, or we say nice I, things I, about him. I mean, I think, I think he's got his face is great, him. isn't it? Just so much character. I miss him. And he's I such a kind him. human being. Anytime he's not around, people should be saying, "Where's Kevin?" Kevin can fuck that's himself, right and now. that's a that's Where a feat. Is Kevin? I mean, that is a physical feat. It's impressive. He can do it with yeah. his feet too. That's a feet feet. I was delivering something else. I'm sorry. You on two podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> Does he duck into another podcast? <laughs> I want to see the the camera feed of that where Kev just walks off my monitor here and he walks onto a, a monitor somewhere else. Delivers a, a very rapid Alex Jones like rant and then comes back to us here. It's very different in different shows. Brings a different energy. Yeah. When he needs to get one of them off, you know, out of himself, he he walks into the. Is, other it, is it Lizzie McGuire? Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Oh, Hannah Montana. Kevin Montana. Put, puts a bald wig on, goes off and rants about immigrants and then comes back here. It's all nicey nice. What if literally behind the camera he's got another monitor set up where he has a podcast talking about how this podcast is going <laughs> in real time? Di- oh God, guys, this podcast is bombing hard. <laughs> this isn't bombing. Yeah, okay. Well. Oh, so, so when I say something, it, it's it's bombing. But when, when Kev when Kev is a non sequitur, it's gold. It's gold. I see how this works. Uh, I don't know what non secular means, but uh, first, I, I was I was away last weekend. That's why I wasn't doing the podcast, right? You know, kind of just with, like getting up in the morning, doing bits and pieces. We were going to a christening and stuff, and uh, you know, I had the TV on, and then we end up having breakfast and stuff. We started watching a little bit of Fair City, right? Fair City. Like I know it's people's jobs and stuff. Careful now. It's, guys, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's brutal. Do you know that people who write scripts for an episode of Fair City get anything from 1500 to 3500 for an episode? I went on a date with somebody who wrote. I know somebody who writes for Fair City. So careful now. I, I'm not going to be careful. I, I, I don't need to be careful because I... Uh, don't be careful. Go for it. <laughs> don't be, be careful. careful. Yeah, to E. But I'm paying fucking <gasps> Tell us how you TV really license for this bullshit. broadcaster. But fuck him. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of RTE. Thank you so much for your Good. support historically. <laughs> we look forward to pitching projects to you. Um, I think we could get this podcast onto the RTE radio, you know? No, yeah. because RTE wouldn't like us and we'd have to go work for Channel 4. Radio broadcasters make a lot of money. Yeah, but but like nepotism in RTE is a thing. I I anyway, first this isn't great. Go. Actually, you can cut this out, Aiden, because this probably isn't good for your career. <laughs> but but go back to Fair City, I, I, I right? Mean, I'm, script I'm writers for si- for script writers for Fair City. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they get a lot of money. Uh, actors that show up in the set and stuff to do a day over there can get like four hundred sixty or four, right? An mm-hmm. episode, one episode of Fair City costs about 55,000 euro to make. Sure. Last year, 
Last year it was a hundred. That's not a lot. Hundred ninety, hundred ninety-eight episodes. That's not a lot. It's a lot when you look at Fair City. It's like where does a fifty odd thousand go? Last year they spent ten more than ten million on it. Sure. Fair City is not worth ten million ads. That's one episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know what though? I'm it's talking. enjoyed by the masses. Fair City. You think people aren't watching Fair City? Not a lot of people. Not enough people to warrant spending ten million on it. And I, I, I'll, I'll die on that sword. On that hill. Either or. You, you, you don't you tell me you. where to go, Brian. You, you get up on that hill. RTA oh, have a. RTA I'll get off. Tried. I'll get. I'll get off this horse. And I'll RTA kill you. RTA have a limited budget to spend, as best they can. Why don't you come over here, <laughs> and say that to my face? It's very easy for us to. Uh, what at go the on. job that RTE does? No, it's a very hard job to do. No, fifty-five grand an episode—is that what you said? Yeah, that's not a, that's not a lot. It really isn't. It's it's no no. It's too much. It's too much. I'm not I'm not here for it. Ten million. I pay my TV license because I have to, and I don't even watch fucking. TV stations or anything that I stream everything. I know now it's a multimedia device mm. license or whatever. Yeah. Fine. He's not wrong. He gets to have yeah. a say. Yeah. You know, he's got a I don't disagree. Yes. I mean, the 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 everybody should have their say, and it, it's a it's a public service, so we do need to discuss and, how the money is spent. But and I fair the, city. The, the is thing a, is, like, I I is I, comparatively I kind a of, low I'm, investment, high return production. It's not so much the cost. Though, right i think the the thing is is that it's a bad show and they just sort of churn it out and it's not like like i 50 is cheap but also make a better show yeah. it's a very it's just trying to do its own version of a uk but you know what i would you know you know what it's, like it's just not i wouldn't good. even mind if fair city downscaled and became like a 24 episode thing and they aired it like did they do that or is it run all year round? Well, you see, the the thing the thing is this, and this is I'm actually I'm I'm loving this conversation because there's so many aspects of this because as a as a as a member of the public, you're 100 percent correct. We do need to hold to account where this money gets spent, and we do need to push them to make better things. On the other side of it, if you think about that, yeah, if they were to knock that back to like a 24 episode season and really work on it, um, uh fucking great it, it might it might stand up better for it but your cost is going to go up and the cost of getting another show off the ground once that season has started in terms of set and crew and cast and post-production services is going to balloon hugely because you need something else for that other half of the year because we don't have fair city on but like, but like you know what though that's that's kind of okay because i think it's quality over quantity to a degree you know but their and, uh, argument would be, if you want that quality, we need to raise that fee because we're going to spend the same no, amount of money making twenty four episodes, and we need more money to make another thing. I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's an issue of quality necessarily. I think it's the subject matter and what the show was about. It's bleak and it's and and, and it's depressing and it's awful. Um, I'm not good. I'm not good at necessarily uh, shit on any of the actors in it because honestly. Uh, it's it, people have made like livings out of it. It's been you know it's led to bigger careers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important that Ireland does have its own type of you know show like that or something. However, I, I don't think it's necessarily it's, important that we have a fucking soap opera. 
you know not we necessarily could cancel no, the I know what you're thing. saying like we had Glenn yeah. Rowe and the Reardons and everything else you know yeah uh, both of which my uncle yeah, but, was on and my dad yes, was in there Glenn Rowe felt like higher quality than Fair City Glenn Rowe was seasonal as well though wasn't it and that was only that was only on Sunday so. it was only on Sunday nights as well it was only on once a week yeah. though yeah yeah. Was Bally Kiss Angel an Irish or an English production? Uh, that was B. It was joint, but it was mostly BBC. That was good, but no, like, not to digress, right? But just talk about. I think it was BBC, Fair but yeah, but it was mostly UK. Sorry, no, again. just not to digress, like digress too much. But I'm just saying, Fair City, right? Like a fifty-five thousand per episode, one hundred ninety-eight episodes last year, right? Like, kind which of is a lot of realistically. For nothing. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like realistically, they could like. Even if they spend f- four million or five million on it, half those numbers. But this is the thing: how many good episodes are in there? It's just filler. And well, it, I know, it's cheap I know, and it's filler. I know, but, like, uh, but shouldn't they also Eber's, be making Eber's stuff? Gets that, bored of it and then for that much money, it. shouldn't they be, shouldn't they be making something that I want? Sorry, yeah, Kevin, do you want to repeat that? Like, Sorry, just so we're not talking over each other. Do you want to repeat your sen- sentence there, Kevin? I was just saying, Emer's granny. Uh, uh, who's 92 mm. watches it and then dips in and out and gets bored of it like I don't know who the show is for my, fo- my folks watch it because it's on and they yeah. don't like yeah it. neither do my folks can I tell you another aspect Sorry. of this yeah. that I'd have to double check on but I'm pretty sure there's an element of there is a political mandate that RTE produce X amount of hours of Irish homegrown made content every year I'm yeah. fairly certain that's a thing and for I the low it. low cost of 55 grand for 30 episode which is nothing they are meeting that mandate. Yeah, I understand. It's not, it, it, whether or not that out. needs reform. That's a cop out. Okay. I, I, Fair City is not a representative of Irish culture. I think they could make culture. the most bonkers off the wall show and people would still watch it because it's the thing on before or after the news. It would serve the sure. same purpose and it might be more interesting. But instead, it's about a little village in Dublin where there's a pub and a shop and yeah. something and the else. Pr- depressing and cafes just... and depressing businesses mm-hmm. with depressing yeah. business owners yeah. and like and, and ropey crap fucking drug dealers and all the fucking nonsense. Drug dealers having open conversations in cafes. Get the fuck. But there's an element it's as well stupid. of like ridiculous. We are such I, I love Ireland. I love the people of Ireland before I fucking say this, but in there is an element of we are a little bit parochial backwatery in many ways as well, where the minute we put something on that's a little bit fucking challenging, you have someone's granny down the back of nowhere who saw it on RTE and writes in a letter of complaint. And RTE is so accountable that they actually have to respond to these Let things. Em. They're not accountable. This is exactly the thing. They're not. I, I, I think they feel accountable. Because we don't like Fair City and it's still but on Fair the City air. doesn't push any fucking buttons. I've written so many letters. You've no idea how many letters I've written to them and they've ignored them. Don't For God's sake, show Martyrs at eight o'clock, please. They can do what they want. I don't want to watch Fair City. <laughs> I, rec- I, I recommend. I want Martyrs. I recommend getting rid of Fair City. Pre Watershed mm. Martyrs. Do it, you cowards. Yep. Go ahead, Kev. Stop paying. Ryan Tuberty. I'm I'm devil's advocating. I'm sitting on the fence. I when I see the money that certain Irish uh, television or radio presenters get, I also go Jesus, yeah. But the the thing is that RTE is dealing with the fact that creative people in this country do know that if they want actual broader successful advancement, go to London, go somewhere over there, you know, like like Zig and Zag, like Zig and Zag, the the like the, the rubber amount, bandits. 
like Darrow Brian, like Terry Wogan, like Graham list, Norton. List, list Graham Norton. I mean, Jimmy Carr. Jim. Well, he's he's from Limerick. Like I I I was dipping my toes into the Irish comedian comedy circuit a bit before the whole pandemic end of things, and I heard from a number of people that like this is just a pastime that I have to almost pay to do if I don't want to move to the UK. You know, mm. like. Not that I should be paid for fucking anything, but like I did an improv show somewhere and it's like, here's a euro. And it's like, that's your gate. That's the gate. That's your cut of the gate. And it's like, right. So nobody's making money doing this. Unless you did get you, fucking... Did someone, did, someone, did someone really give you a euro? Yeah. Because that was the, the, the gate. They, they, like, that was fair, equitable distribution of what was made that night. And I, I was appreciative of it. And I was like, that's great. That, this is a nice little system we've got. And it's a, it's a wonderful community that's being built. But you're semi-professional then. <laughs> It's just a tosser in a fucking upstairs room in a bar shiting around the place. It was good fun. Um, it was actually a basement. But, um, no, this was a different location. I've been to two locations. Oh, you upscaled <laughs> to... Uh, uh, Above uh, ground. Floor. <laughs> oh. He went to a second location. I leveled up. Very. Never go to a second location. <laughs> Very fancy. We had an improv. Yeah. Well, we, we were boy. pretending that it was above ground. Oh, God. Improv's the worst. <laughs> um... <laughs> You have to stop pretending once it's over. <laughs> but um, um But like all I'm all I'm saying is all I'm saying is, right? Uh I of course RTE is important in terms of like, you know, being our our our, our, our biggest uh T V station, whatever you want to call it network, right? Sure. But 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 stop it. The our, amount of century they got after normal the, people the, the, and the first couple of episodes of Kin is funny and it's funny that i know about it because i'm sure that happens in in larger countries and larger demo or um uh demographics distribution or what am I, what's the word i'm looking for i would say the success of normal people far outweighed any other country absolutely yes, yeah exactly yeah. So, absolutely yeah. it's just funny that we actually hear about someone's granny giving out about it like it's after the war well, if you don't like it turn over publicity. to fucking Arthur i know i know normal people is like was filmed in um Awfully or something? I don't know. Uh, it's set in Sligo, I think. I don't know how much of it was but, uh, shot there. But, like, I don't know. Like, RD is basically just, like, Dublin, and then that's it. And then anything outside of it is, like, the sticks. I don't and think that's it's, fair. It's cringy. It's nationwide in Fair City and news, and that's it. There's none in between. No, I meant in terms of how they represent Irish right. society. They're, Yeah. Ear to the ground, nationwide. They are good people doing their best That's in very arduous circumstances. I think new blood. Sacrifice the old gods. Get new people in. Bring bring, bring RT 21st century. Let it die. Kill it if you have to. Yeah. There's too much nepotism. There's too much fucking patting backs and fucking handjobs on the table. Nobody's patting my back. <laughs> Um, but you are getting handjobs under the table but you're getting the under the table action or? <laughs> only when I find time myself um, oh. you saw Bond Brian did indeed yeah why don't the order you make James Bond god can you imagine an Irish spy movie it seems like an easy move for them right doesn't it yeah but to see exactly Brian but then Aiden goes okay oh, imagine an Irish and it's just like no 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 don't say can you imagine an Irish can you imagine an RDE version of it which would be fucking shite because RDE need to come out with a fucking stone age I'm not I'm not having it anymore 
I did hear somebody say at one point that RTE RTE make sure that they are technically proficient and at a world class level in terms of their production values but aren't particularly uh, courageous enough to take risks with that tool set is that true that's me trying to phrase that as diplomatically as possible they'll make sure that they have all the equipment but they also then don't want to get in anybody's particular face I don't know I don't know enough people at RTE anybody I've dealt with in RTE anybody I've worked with in RTE um, have been trying their hardest to make the best fucking thing they can in challenging circumstances you know and they, they're, like on, I've, they're I've, on the chopping block from every direction the public are annoyed with them. the government I've, doesn't want to be paying them I've done like the thing is I've done loads with uh, people from RD and all that kind of stuff and I know people that work in RD and everything and lovely fine people and all that kind of stuff they're not necessarily the issue here and all that kind of stuff like I said I don't begrudge the actors in RD on Fair City mm-hmm. uh, or like radio DJs or anything that at all it's it's more just the kind of archaic fucking uh, heads of the company that like they they're, they're still afraid to put like an openly but who, like, who are say, the heads of the company I don't know fucking no. See, this is this is the thing. We're like we're talking about it's like the TVA. Who's who's the, the, the TV. Luke Wilson on his jet the ski? TV authority. Um, the RT. Anyways, the RTEVA. Owen Wilson. Oh, I always get those two mixed up. He's more of a Luke than an Owen. I think just, Luke would be offended by that. Ah, Luke. Ah, Luke. I think I just got like Luke Skywalker in my head, so I always think blonde kid with a weird nose is oh, Luke. Owen Wilson has a lot of illegitimate children, apparently. Does he? Yep. Well, James Bond. Or what would the Irish James what would the Irish name be be for it? Bond. Jamie. Bondo. Seamus. Bondo. I don't uh, think Bondo. like the the fact that Pierce. I mean, Pierce Brosnan is Irish Bond. Anyway, moving on. Did you enjoy No Time to Die? Um, it's fine. Okay, say that backwards. It's fine. No, that was the same. It's forward again. very long. Two hours and 40 minutes, right? Very. 40 minutes. It's quite yeah. long. Uh, looks really nice. Okay, that's good. Is it is Roger Deakins back or is it a different cinematographer? I don't think he is. Because he made Skyfall. He kind of... I don't think he made Skyfall. The yeah. Mendez Deakins. I love Skyfall. He yeah. elevated it, it. Suddenly the shots were just really striking there's there's scenes in that that are pure oil painting you know um mm-hmm. and th- there's some there's some lovely shots in this um there's a certain point where it kind of flags past it it's a bit long it's solid it's a nice send-off for right. craig so that's good it's better than specter okay specter was just um, a bit flat yeah, I would say it's. I would have said it's probably up there with Skyfall, but then it dragged okay. on a bit. But for a while, it was probably as as good as um, Malik. Sorry, I, I, was just, really I was just reading through the Wikipedia here, and it's like No Time to Die features the Aston Martin Valhalla, and there's like a gorgeous looking. I say there's a gorgeous looking. It, it looks like a kind of mid seat road race car thing, and I'm. I, I think I was talking to somebody about this a little bit that like the fact that they feel the need to feature a new vehicle every movie is a weight around the neck of this franchise. Anyway, sorry. But this is the thing is that it like my my kind of thoughts on it is like 
and kind of in the build up to going to see it and you know the conversation around like Craig's comments on whether a woman should play it and who's going to play it next I was kind of realizing that like I was never a huge Bond fan mm-hmm. I'm not a, I, I I'm not like a big I was, Bond fan I don't mind them they're fine movies but I don't I'm not like I felt like I yeah I felt like I had to like them that they were like kind of targeted at me and like you know while I was kind of primary school into secondary school there was a lot of hype because mm. Brosnan was kind of becoming so it was, a lot of the press over here was about was the fact that it was an Irish person Navin man so, done good yeah so like I felt like that. a lot of it was kind of pointed at me on, on two fronts that, that you know, RTE showed James Bond Jr. a lot oh I do remember James Bond Cause Jr. because that was made yes. in Ireland was no it? one can stop him but um, Snowman was tries was it really made in Ireland yeah I think Murakami Wolf place that did the turtles the turtles was made in Ireland uh, chunks of it anyway yeah it's co-production animated right? animated in Ireland yeah Murakami Wolf no fucking way I worked with somebody whose job it was was to turn the nunchucks into like a stick or something they had to <laughs> oh that was the it was a rope with a grapple hook like because the, they had insane. to like did you not I never know knew that? that no wow and I went to I went to animation college what are they teaching in animation college if you don't know that the Ninja Turtles was made in Ireland? What are they teaching? And uh, yeah, I never knew that. James Bond Jr. That was, that was, that was, Scum always, uh, what was it? No one can stop him, but Scum always tries. James Bond Jr. He learned the game from his Uncle James. Let's not pretend. The movie, the, oh. <laughs> the show's called James Bond Jr., but James is acknowledged only as his uncle. Yeah, he's got lots of Cousins. Yeah. Um, so go on, Brian. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that, like, I I felt like I was obliged to like it growing yeah, up, fair. but never really did. Um, yeah, never really did. I liked Casino. Royale, I like Goldeneye because of the game, but that's probably mostly that's probably mostly because of you know his tiny speedos and Eva Green and Mads Mikkelsen and parkour and Chris Cornell, which I can now I can I'm 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 kind of. I will say it's the best Bond song in a long Cornell time. one. You know my name. It's a great one because the the Adele, Billie Eilish, Sam Spade ones, they all sounded like you, you could change. Mm. I, it's not that I dislike them, but they're all hitting pretty much the they same. slightly got it into their head is, of a form. Same vibe. Is Billie Eilish doing the new one? Yeah. And they yep. released that like six months yep. before the fucking film was supposed to be released in March last year. So we probably heard that Eilish song in the end of 2019 at some point. And again, I, I don't dislike those, but they're just, they, they all kind of. Adele did Skyfall, like, didn't she? I like that Ooh, one though. Cornell's one is genuinely good. Can I just point something out as well back on the Murakami Wolf kick? Um, uh, original yes. release 1993, made by Murakami Wolf in Dublin New Adventures of Speed Racer. Ugh. Nice. I watched the crap out of that. So yeah, um, like in two thousand and six, when I I saw a thing about the new no James time Bond, to die. No Time to Die, and actually I didn't realize it, but it's kind of funny. But uh, well, I I don't mean funny as in ha ha funny. I mean funny as an in interesting, strange. But um, people are advocating against it because of how it represents people with facial scars as villains all the time and uh yeah that's really true all the villains a lot of villains in bond had always had facial scars mm-hmm. 
So, but this is the thing. Like, even in two thousand and six, the character was in serious need of like reimagining, yeah. and I think Casino Royale did that really well. But it's now fifteen years later, and we've oh had Me Too and Brexit, and what does the character stand for anymore? Like, it's about nothing. You know, if you were to pick Batman or Superman, you can talk about what they represent. Mm. You know whether it's hope or, you know, an ideal vision or vigilantism or, you know, what those characters represent things. Bond for the longest time has just been the most blatantly product placement vehicle. It's about the watch. It's about the car. Sony laptop that he's working on sending emails to somebody. Yeah. It, it it was this aspirational thing. It was also it's kind of sovinistic and misogynistic, you know? But that's what I mean. And like, you know, I was thinking about the fact that even before we know that they're making a new one or anything, before we before there's any article written in like a, a trade thing like Hollywood Reporter or Empire or something like that, there's something in the red top tabloids about bookies are putting this odd or this odd on this person being cast. So whoever's producing it is really good at managing that side of the PR before we even Shout know there's a the thing. Broccolis. There's a convert. There's a conversation in tabloids about who's going to be the next one. There's this whole conversation. So that's how important the character is then as well to British identity. I was going to say there's a sort of English cultural identity thing to making sure that the discussion continues. You know, post Brexit, Mm. that, that, like, whatever they do next, whether it's a man or a woman, it doesn't really matter. The character needs to be about something going forward. Otherwise, it's. It's irrelevant, yeah. you know. It just it's it doesn't connect. Yeah, actually, start creating a narrative. Yeah, the film starts and he hasn't been 007 for like five years or something, but he's still got a fully kitted out. Like he's got an Aston Martin, fair enough. But it, the thing is, like kitted out with you know smoke bombs and mini guns and stuff like that. And it's like, and then later he is in. They don't say where, but it's kind of somewhere in the Caribbean, I think. Probably. Um, I think they're in Jamaica because they made a point of that because Fleming's Fleming's Goldeneye Estate was on Jamaica. Okay, where he wrote a lot of the books. But but he's he he is no longer, you know, on Her Majesty's yeah. Secret Service, and he's got this mm-hmm. ridiculous, like villa, and it's like, yeah, colonialism. How? Where's the money? He, he's a civil servant. How much? How much? How much is the civil servant getting paid to do this stuff? Like, there's the character is. I don't think it's appealing anymore as a kind of a aspirational, vicarious lifestyle yeah, thing. I don't, it's just so not relatable yeah, anymore. I don't think it is anyways. I, and like, um, but James Bond was a character that I kind of just like, you know, and I guess I never watched more than, I, I, I don't think I've really watched any James Bond movies other than the one with, um, oh my God, why is this, the name of it escaped my head? Um, the voodoo uh, priest. Uh, Live and Let Die Live and Let Die was it I can't remember but uh, Pierce Brosnan that's the first Roger um, Moore one um, with Jane Seymour and uh, I just I just remember seeing him as a kid and thinking um, that character was awesome yeah but uh, but uh, I thought he looked badass but um, no I was going to say like I watched Pierce Brosnan and and, uh, 
Daniel Craig's ones, but I can't really say like he's he like like Brian was saying like I, I was friends of mine loved him and would know everything about James Bond. Just wasn't somebody I was particularly interested in or attached to. But like I just think is, I think the fact that there was like a new Bond girl every movie, a new like as Brian said the new card, new Bond girl, the new phone, the new this, the new that. It was just a little bit. It was so formulaic, but it was it wasn't really achieving anything like. Yep. Hmm. Uh, it, it's villain bond girl kind of just a bit naff but i even knew that as when i was younger you know and it, it it's it's kind of interesting as well that um casino real did such a good job of reimagining him um mm. and grounding him to an extent like mm. like mickels I, I remember at the time being a bit disappointed because mickelson is he looks so much the part and he was just a mathematician. And like, I wanted him to be a Blofeld type character, but it actually, in yeah. retrospect, he works so much better because he's just a maths guy that he's been hired by, you know, some criminals to, to kind of handle their finances. Yeah. Whereas since after Quantum of Solace, which was a mess, I think it was the right direction to go with Bardem and kind of go a little bit more arch and... Mm supervillain a bit with it but mm-hmm. once they dipped into that they were hitting the same note every time like Bardem and Waltz's characters are kind of interchangeable hmm. it's 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 the guy it's it's the Joker kind of character then it's like he wants to was get Bardem caught in Skyfall, was Skyfall. Bardem oh, I suppose, oh sorry I thought you said he was in Quantum Solace yeah yeah he was in Skyfall yeah, yeah I remember yeah. him in Skyfall I like Scott Flatt, but uh, but it does get home alone towards the end. But the thing is, like, like people say that, but that's a like fuck off. That's fun. That end of the you could I'm also say it gets die hard. Being annoyed at the know? end of that, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but, oh, that's not a, that's not a criticism. That's not a criticism. Yeah. I, I just said well, I just kind of preemptively uh, say people, it. Gonna, like, people do use that to criticize it. You know. Yeah. I do remember people saying as well that at that point, like, they had kind of placeholdered in the script there that the guy who ran the house would be Sean Connery, but it didn't really work out. Yeah. Um, which would have been nice. Um, it would have been more stunt casty than anything. Though. Yeah. It, it wouldn't yeah. have added. It just would have been no. nice. It, it, it'd be a bit like, you know, when when an old Doctor Who actor pops up in an episode of Doctor Who, you know, it would have just been the little, like, two guys looking at each other with a little cheeky wink, you know? Um no, I don't know. Don't watch Doctor Who? No, I don't watch Doctor Who. You should. It's good fun. No, it's not. Strongly against it. RT should make their own Doctor Who instead of their own Fair City. Their own EastEnders. Imagine if every night of the week we had a Doctor Who <laughs> type show um, instead of Fair City. They'd probably I, call w- I, like I do wonder Doctor now. Doctor Who. I, I, like, as we've gone from that end of the conversation... like. I really do want to check how much of it is meeting a requirement of X amount of hours of Irish produced content at the lowest feasible but budget again, it, it, so they can put the rest of their money wherever they want, you know? Yeah, but but also in their pockets. Just, just write about something other than a cafe and a pub in a little village, you know? But, and drug but dealers. That would require building a third location. But just write, you know, the, the write. point is as cheap as fucking chips. It's not the locations. What I'm saying is that they write stories about people in these places, mm. you know, rather than compelling drama. Anyway, back to Bond. Yeah. Um, back to Bond. You know, I kind of, I, yeah. I, I get Craig's comments about 
it should be it shouldn't be a woman or whatever but I, I think what he's missing in that then is that he said it shouldn't be a woman I didn't see that yeah but I, I, well, I, I think I think there's a bit of point of like let's just write some really good characters for women yeah I, I think the thing rather than trying to I think the thing he's maybe missing existing. is that mm. the character represents a platform because basically if, if those same producers went away and made something about a female spy it would just be atomic blonde and would people go see it and the thing is you almost mm. need to attach the name to the thing to get people interested yeah uh so it's not it's not about yeah, it, or like or maybe it, it's a platform introduce, sorry maybe introduce a, a good character yeah maybe but it maybe introduce a character into the james bond platform well they did it was they, jinx it was halle berry well no they, they do it in this as well but, but there's, there's a yeah. there's a spin-offs they've been trying They've been laying it, that groundwork. It's just never come to fruition. Yeah, they've been sorry, Brian. They're testing the water again with with that concept. There's I I don't I can't remember the actress's name. Lashana Lynch, or even the character's name. She's 007 while he's gone, and then they have a little they have a little kind of rivalry about who should get the the code code name, and they're very much testing the water to see if she if she's popular, they'll go ahead and just make her 007. And yeah, I, why not and though? I like, think, kind of, it's it's a title. I think they, I hate the way people are so. Sorry, Ryan. No, no, go ahead, go on. No, I was just gonna say, like, uh, like I can, I can, honest God, say this sincerely, like, even without this, you know, the world moving the way it is and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I never, I never got this like kind of male attachment to Bond having to be a man. Like, I never understood it. To me, it was just like you have it. You have something that's really special here, or really cool, as in like it's a title. You can have like so many, like like you know, where you have Star Wars visions. Why mm. don't they do like 007 movies where it's a story of just a random agent going against the odds? They've, and, they've like, thought different... about it. They've they've yeah, tried like yeah. the, the, from... there's there's even been a theory that ran around for a while that Bond, James Bond is the code name and that it's a different person and that's the assigned identity. So uh-huh. that, was, that was a that was a bit of a Max Landis pitch. I remember yeah. him pushing that in a podcast. Well, he he like, wasn't he wasn't the only person. It, the, people have been suggesting it for a while. The the thing is, you're right there though. As you're talking, like if Lashana Lynch went on to play 007 and Daniel Craig made another James Bond movie, that'd be interesting. Now we've got two threads. We've got what does James Bond do in the same way that you have the unworthy Thor and you have the mighty Thor. I got... don't think so because the character represents nothing. Why would I check in with the old dude at all? Like, how is it? Why would you check in with James Bond? Yeah, like, like, what have they left to do with the character? I, I, I think bigger than who's going to play them next is the character's got to be about something. Yeah. So just going yeah, back agree, just a little bit on some of the stuff, it's like Halle Berry's character was definitely being set up as a spin-off. She was going to be Jinx. Um, Felix Leiter has been a CIA character that's been around in like every goddamn movie Felix Leiter's popped up and there's there's always been this undercurrent of like why are we not doing a CIA spin-off with Felix Leiter um you know they've they have set up like uh, Octopussy opens with 006 getting killed uh, Sean Bean is a 00 character in the open of Goldeneye like this wider world is there they've just never quite been able to expand into it a little bit and it is partially i think down to like how weighed down with all of this fucking uh marketing and and um these signifiers of what a bond movie is like we'd need to have a car that we tie in with promotional productions we need to have whatever it's got to be at least two Um, women yeah and Uh, yeah 
a watch and a car and yeah you know it, it it is it is burdened by the weight of the of the the form when it could strip way back and become kind of a cool spy thing um like in, in many ways, kind of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is not everybody's cup of tea, but like that's just dudes walking around and the world is at stake again. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of violence or anything in that movie. Um, I was talking, I the conversation was going on during the week as well. Like, who is the best Bond? And like I remember being a kid and just going, Sean Connery's the best Bond because it's the one I saw the first time. You know, uh, I think they all have something to recommend them. But the concept of there being a best Bond is just nonsense at this point. And if you want a Bond with any actual emotional weight to a character, it George is Daniel Craig's. Well, that's what I was going to say. The only one that has any... I, I said this in my kitchen downstairs last week. Uh, what was brought to Casino Royale was Bond dealing with some of the emotional ramifications of the violence that he had to output. I, and the only place we've seen that previously at the risk of being shit on, a massive is hipster is I genuinely liked Honor Majesty's Secret Service before everybody else no 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 yeah, what, was, what I'm saying is uh, no I, I remember at least twice I was thinking about yeah. this at least twice I think like maybe once when I was in primary school and at least yeah. once in secondary school RTE did a marathon the full of the full thing. Oh, they, they did it all the time, they, man. Always. They alternated yeah. that. My, me and my dad would watch it on RT and then it would start on UTV. But, so we were watching Bond year round. Yeah, and, and like I said, I felt like I was obliged to like it and I would kind of check in every mm. week and watch it. And I, I'm not saying this, I, like I made a joke about it, sound like a hipster, but genuinely the one that held my attention because I was watching the other ones and I was just like in and out of the room while the TV was mm. on it. Just... It, the one that genuinely held my attention for the entire run and I had the best payoff at the end was Lazenby's. And I, I said yeah. for, you know, for a while I didn't say it because people were like, oh, oh how fucking yeah. dare you? He's shit. And it's like, he's got one of the best movies. And pe- I'm glad now people are, are actually starting to acknowledge that. Around, I have a question. I have a mm. question. Is it who is George Lazenby? That was actually my follow up question. Please okay. don't cut into me again. Apologies. Don't do that. Don't do that again to me, actually. Please okay. don't. <sighs> Anyways, sorry, Brian. Um, Sean Connery, mm. first James Bond. Aye. Followed by Roger Moore. No, no, sorry. It was no. Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Sean Connery, Roger Moore. Was it? Connery went away because of money. They didn't get on with Lazenby, and Connery came back because they paid him. He also and did Lazenby an un- unofficial Bond as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Was that pre coming back or post coming back? Uh that was post coming back. So the thing There's is an unofficial Bond movie, Kev. The the concept okay, but, of but, the concept of Spectre was a co creation between Fleming and this other guy for Thunderball, for the movie Thunderball. Um so when they had a disagreement, maybe it was for a book, but they 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 co created Spectre. So when when they had a disagreement, there was a legal battle that said that this guy owned this aspect of Bond and MGM owned this aspect of Bond. So he had the rights to make as many versions of Thunderball as he wanted, basically. He he could grow out and make his own Bond franchise. For a while, they were tooling up a second parallel Bond franchise because the rights were split. Jeez. And they weren't allowed to use Spectre. 
they weren't allowed to say Spectre for the longest time until the movie Spectre. Like, it took 30 years to settle that lawsuit. Um, anyway, sorry, you were saying Kevin. What's up, Sean Connery? George Lazenby before Roger Moore? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't see that one, but, but, so, but my point was, uh, I only read it, but it was just, like, so I, I, until, like, the other day, I thought it was just Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig. But there was two other guys who played Bond. Say that to me again. Who did you think was there? I I thought it was just Sean Connery, Aye. Roger Moore, yeah. Timothy Dalton, yeah. Daniel Craig, and Pierce Brosnan. No, there was George Lazenby then in the middle. He did one film. And people yeah. say it's crap and it sucks and he was the worst Bond. It's fine. But the film, yeah, he's fine and the film is as good. And it's like we were saying, it's probably... It, they took a lot of what worked in that and used it for Casino Royale. There's good stuff in there. Mm. We can't um, there was talk a guy, about... There was a guy called Barry Nelson who was in Nelson. a TV show of James Bond before any of the movies. And it was an American, like, Twilight Zone type of, like, different different stories each week. And they made a James Bond we, we, he was American. He was Jimmy Bond. We can't talk about Bond without at least touching on the theory that Bond is based on Roald Dahl. You heard of this? Uh, no. I, I I know that Fleming and Dahl were closely associated. They, they both did stuff during and World War II. Dahl, kind of Dahl, wrote, Dahl wrote screenplays, some James Bond screenplays. Wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But he wrote some Bond screenplays. He wrote. Did he? Yeah, he wrote. He did. He did. Yeah. I saw that name pop up on something recently. One of them. I can't remember which. But he was also a spy. Yeah. And his job was to get close to a lot of important people's wives and stuff. So he slept with. But you know, people will probably deny this. But there's the stories about the fact that he is. He was. He was a spy. He was a pilot and mm-hmm. he was a spy. And part of what he did. This is this is Rodal who wrote. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, part of what he did what, was what, 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 he James and the Giant Peach. Am I right? Yeah, I know, I know who he is. To get, you know, he's making an innuendo. You see, spies and bums, spies and bums. No, that went over my head. Uh, anyway, he supposedly like that he, Giant he, Peach. He apparently slept with a lot of women in as part of his his work as a spy. And him and Fleming were friends. And apparently, well, well, apparently, Fleming based a lot of Bond on on Dal, supposedly. Mm. Were these were these women blind? Why do you I mean, think Rodal was offensive to the eye? Yes. Um, he's a reasonably good-looking young man. No, I'm only messing. Uh, although was Rodal not a little bit like a little bit of a dickhead to his family? Ah, look, everybody's don't, a. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but I don't know. That's don't that's that's kind of like, and then there's a there's a whole um, like there's a Roald Dahl square in Cardiff as well. Like that's that's interesting to sort of gone through that broader life, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. he was a pilot, um, he was a spy, and then he was one of the probably the most successful children's author of all time. Well, well I guess not I including Rowling. You'd have to include Rowling then as well. Fuck her. There's there's a young Roald Dahl. Ah, he'd get it. That man would get it. Am I right? He'd get it. Absolutely. Name's Dahl. Roald Dahl. 
Oh no, that actually works. That works very well. It's mm. the one syllable. You need one mm. syllable. No Time to Die, go see it. Don't um, go see it. If you're a Bond fan, you'll probably like it. It is too long. Um, I would have said it's as good as Skyfall, but for the fact that it's it's quite long. Um, some lovely, lovely cinematography. Um, Anna de Armas is in it for a brief bit in Cuba, and she's tons of fun. Everybody's great, like kind of, you know, good in it. Malik doesn't really register as a villain. He's there at the start, and then he just shows up again at the end. He's not really, oh. he's not really there. Um, that that is kind of Bond villain fair. You don't see yeah. much of Doctor No. You don't see it, much of Blofeld. It's more the it, concepts that mm. James is fighting with. It is a very nice send off for Craig. So. Um, it was solid, you know. I'm I'm not a Bond fan, but there's stuff in there to recommend. I think I think if you're a Bond fan, you'll probably like it. But for the fact that it's a bit over long, but it is yeah. it is a very nice send off for Craig, which mm. is which is nice. Who has had a long goddamn tenure at this point? Mm-hmm. Fifteen years. Is that the is that the longest run for a person? Um, five films. Anybody else done five? Connery did six, I think. They probably would have made him faster back then, though, did they? Seven. Doctor No, From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, Diamonds Are Forever, You Only Live Twice, that's six. And then Never Say Never Again, which was the, the last Unofficial one. Unofficial one. All right, well, let's let's move it forward. Um, the, the goal of today is to talk about Hereditary. I do want to get into that. We should touch on What If, though, because that has been yeah. our thread. Episode six? No, I think... Seven. There's only one left, so... Eight! It's episode eight. It's episode eight. Yeah. So, What If Ultron had won? What did you think of that? Loved it. I thought Ross Marquand does a very good James Spader impression. Okay, I was literally polar opposites on that. I thought it was a horrible. James I thought Spader it was great. There, there was sometimes I was like, "Jesus Christ, he sounds so like him." Mm. Okay, we disagree on that one. Without I, being I was there going too like him. Yeah, I thought he was. There's there, there's a rhythm to Spader. I think maybe the tone was correct, but he didn't have the rhythm. I think of a Spader, but I might just be thinking of the sort of caricature to that man's. I don't know. There, there, there's some lines that are kind of taken from Age of Ultron and he mm. he's nailed him he's nailed him yeah but anyway that's not the most important thing about the episode why didn't Vision use the Mind Stone to slice Thanos in half in Wakanda if that's a thing the Mind Stone can do oh, let's, why didn't let's, he do that let's, I, I think what if is a very broad like basically when you I think when that's you not my biggest if, problem with it you have to That's just an observation. Ex- That's just an observation. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can I finish? No. Can I finish? No. Well, if you stop whacking your microphone, we might let you talk instead of discounting all of the audio that's coming from that direction. Yeah, stop hitting your microphone. No one really wants to hear what I say anyways. <laughs> what have you got to say, Kevin? No, I, I, I'm, not, I I'm not here for this, Brian. You, you, can, you can go to the, to the, to the dark corner with, with RTE because I'm not here for it. There's... There's, there's, what if, Watch right? your tone. It's just, young man. it's just, look, excuse, excuse me, excuse me, can I finish? I've still got, a, I've still got a bit of, okay, I've I still got a bit of sunshine on my arms. 
The Italy hasn't left um, me yet, boyo. <laughs> um, I know. I just think like I think you'll struggle to enjoy what if if you kind of think about like no, no, that's just an uh, observation. The, yeah, the MCU, yeah. and I think it's just like I agree. Like if you, if you kind of watch it like right. that, loads of plot holes. No, absolutely. So uh, that that was just yeah. that. I, yeah. Are you no? Are you patronizing me, Brian? No, I'm agreeing with you. Like the, the, I've, I've seen, I've seen people say like, but that didn't play out like this, and that didn't play out like this in the film. It's like, yeah, because it's it's a multiverse. I'm just, yes. I'm, I'm just making oh. the observation that it, it's interesting that the Mind Stone had canonically has the power to take Thanos out like that. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's I, not I, the biggest problem with, with Paul Bettany's vision or or um, uh, Jarvis's vision would ever first respond in so lethal a fashion is basically what that boils down to. Whereas Ultron would yeah, I mean he just takes off Claw's arm without even thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe Vision actually isn't capable my son might be capable of it. But Vision is not. Hmm. Well he's capable Vision- of it, but he would escalate to it rather than it being a first thought, you know? Ultron there doesn't movie. even see Thanos, he just sees you know. So Yeah. Ultron doesn't see the human or the, the, the sentient creature attached to those gems. He's just like, let's get that off of these, you know? Yeah. Um, never, never, I don't know if, like, if it's still canon in the comic books or it's a completely wreck on or people don't acknowledge it. But when I was reading the Avengers in the 90s and stuff, uh, Vision was, was Wonder Man's mind. Vision. Yeah. It wasn't Vision was Jarvis. No, he was Wonder Man. Yeah, and then Wonder Man was also Wonder Man. It was strange. That's why it was interesting to, that the that um, Wanda was placed in that love triangle between the two of them because they were both the same root mm, consciousness. Person. Yeah. Anyways, um, I thought Ultron Vision, whatever you want to call him in this Ultron, was Ultra Vision. Awesome. Ultra Vision. Is that what people are calling him? Uh, I don't know. But it's a pretty good cool name, Brian. Coined it. <laughs> good job, Brian. Yeah, you did a great job, Brian. Thank you. Well, Ultra Vision looked awesome. Except, I actually, I my only qualm with this episode, I think, really, I haven't really thought deeply about it, is do you know the, the lights and the faces of the other of the of the Ultron droids, drones, mm. whatever you want to call them? Yeah. They didn't look. Those lights didn't have a nice shape when for when front when facing forward. You know, it gave the weird the heads a weird shape. But when they were up close to them and all that kind of stuff, and you could see where the eyes were, the kind of highlights on the head and the cheeks and all that kind of stuff, that was cool. But from a distance, when they're all approaching, those lights made those faces look a bit stupid. Why? Why did some but of cool them episode. crawl? Yeah, that's weird. Because it's scary. Yeah. Because what if some Ultron crawl and it's scary? Okay. So the <laughs> the narrative that the watcher is following sees. Natalia and Clint Natasha. trying to find Natasha. Did I get that wrong? You said Natalia. Natalia. Natasha Romanov and Clint trying to find an alternative AI to pit against Ultron. Yep. And they that, find. That didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. Vision becomes all powerful, chases down the Watcher, and drives him into the little like pocket universe. Took a chomp out of the galaxy. Doc, that was a big head. I thought that was Galactus for a moment, but it took me a minute to go. Oh, that's. Uh, I thought all of that was pretty cool. 
Mm. It's a fun montage. If you're talking about the design into things, I did like I understood what they were doing when his like Ultron over Vision armor would come down and you could see the red of Vision's face serving to sort of fill out the red of what would have been Ultron's face. But I didn't think that was particularly cool. I just thought it looked like a big gap in his mask and he should have just brought the mask down and had a red light. They, they definitely took a different approach with the animation though because explosions, fire, smoke, all that kind of stuff, 2D animated looking. Had yeah. they been doing that this whole time? Or was it more a little bit, A little episode? blend, like especially in uh, the Doctor Strange stuff, there was a bunch of stuff that was at least rooted in 2D um, hmm. exploratory stuff that was sort of rendered up. So that Ultravision thing rolled in from Thor the Party Animal. Watcher now is with Doctor Strange corporeally. They're going to go and build their multi-dimensional Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there only one episode left? Yeah. They, yeah. They've cut at least one, maybe two episodes, which I'm curious I, what they I were I saw about. an article that said it's just one this week, so uh, there's a delay on episode 10, I believe. Um, oh, really? I wonder, is that because it has something to do with Eternals or Spider-Man? Mm. But anyway, one episode left. One episode. It feels like there's a lot to get done in one episode. I'm not engaged. Really. There, there was there was an, really there was an early point where I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of interested to see where this is going. And then it, there was a lot of episodes. Then, like past the Star Lord episode, a lot of the episodes took a long time just to. That was episode two, rap. by the way. Yeah. They took a long time to wrap. It felt like the story was just starting when the episode would end. And I'm just kind of not engaged because um, whatever happens next, it's presumably going to set up Strange or No Way Home. And I feel like I could just skip to that last episode and I wouldn't be missing a whole lot. Yeah. I think it's another one that, like, remember when we talked. It's not that it's bad. I'm, I'm just, I'm just not like engaged if, if, with it. If if they dropped ten episodes of this, we'd have just binged it and loved it. Mm-hmm. But the week to week, and also the fact that we're over analyzing it on a podcast as well. Um, I don't think we're over. I'm, 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 I'm just saying whether I'm enjoying it or not, and I'm mm. not really. I'm not. I'm not disliking it, but I'm not. Look, especially like when you compare it to the back. Like I, I bring up these shows all the time, but. Justice League Unlimited. Mm. I'd still watch that. That's that's a great show. I really love that show. And, you know, I've even said like that the Suicide Squad episode of Justice League Unlimited should be a template for anything they want to do with that. Like there's, there's fantastic stuff in there. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's overanalyzing it to say that I'm watching a show with characters that I love that is tied into films I'm looking forward to seeing and I'm, a bit disinterested. I don't mm. think that's. I don't think that's overanalyzing. The analysis is is but, in why am I not enjoying it, and I don't think that's overly analytical. But I think there's a point that we're we're we come at these with an expectation that these are going to, in a broader sense, have some connection or some effect on a, a larger object. I really haven't. I, don't, look I, I, I really haven't. Tied, it, it was only when I, I genuinely didn't think it was going to. It was only after seeing the first episode I, I realized, okay. This is connecting to, but it wasn't until the first episode came out that they'd confirmed that it was canonical. 
I thought it was literally going to be a what if, as in here's a separate thing, here's something for you to watch while you wait for a movie. Yeah, it's just a bit of candy floss. Yeah, but then it turns out, no, it's actually setting up this other stuff. I had no expectation that it was going to set things up. Here's a question. Do we see that yellow jacket costume in the upcoming uh, Ant-Man Quantumania? Presumably. Hank, Hank in that yellow jacket costume. Be cool. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that's that's the kind of... I was I seen it somebody recently where I was like, uh, I like, I just liked all the yellow jacket stuff. That's probably my favorite part of this whole, whole thing. I liked all the yellow jacket stuff, and uh, more yellow jacket. Let's see the costume. It was badass. I am now worried that you've made that connection that they go to lengths to explain that the zombie virus is a quantum virus, and the next mm. Ant film is called Quantum Mania. Mm. I don't want zombies in the MCU. Zero interest. Yeah, I I think it should keep I mean, that shit away. We saw anyway, Quantum Mania. When's Quantum Ant Man Quantum Mania out? I think it's next. 2023 or something. 2023. Is it 23? Oh, it is. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit far away. It it is 23. I think. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a further away one. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is March, though. That's not too long away. Uh, what if I liked it anyways? And I thought seeing the Watcher panic was a little bit sad. I didn't like the Super Watcher armor, to be honest. Yeah, that's canon, though, isn't it? That's. I think it is. Yeah, I like I like my Watchers in robes. In toga. Falling toga. off their shoulders. Toga. Softly toga. tumbling down their legs. Standing in the yeah. other room, the other side of the room, just watching. Talking <laughs> yeah. about how it's longer from behind. Yeah, that's what I like about my Watchers. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought a really good episode. I really liked it. Pretty devastating stuff, like. Pretty, pretty brutal. Um, I'm looking forward to the next episode. That's my thing. Yeah, the thing is, like, this whole series has been anticipation for payoff, and we now have one 30-minute episode remaining to get some sort of payoff out of. Marvel has been doing a great job of just like edging us for a year. Gross. What does that mean? Yeah, explain it to us now that you've said it. Yeah, explain it. Explain it to the child. What does it explain mean? it? Explain it to that young boy over there. One of you went, the fuck is that? And one of you knew exactly what that was. I'm a man of the world. Bringing us to the point of climax without allowing us that catharsis. And then just letting it go back. You see, the thing is, he could have just said teasing. You know? Mm. It's it's called teasing. Mm. But he had to make Mm. it. So it's it's nothing to do with sitting on the edge of your seat. I mean, you could sit in the edge of your seat. It's more about teasing your own penis. It doesn't or have to be whatever, penis. Whatever gets you off. Or vagina. Exactly. Teasing yourself. Or another, per- or another person. Yeah. yeah. Or another person. Or persons. Or persons. People. Or. Or. Him, hers. They, thems. Ladies and gentle, no, thems. No, 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 no. People, they, they fall under the people category, I believe, Brian. The wolves. Making the wolves climax. Sorry, Edging them. Sorry, what? <laughs> Look, what? <laughs> what? WandaVision. No, 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 no. No. I want him to explain. What's he talking about? You, you, said, you said people. And you can't say people because people who identify well, as... Well, those wolves. Gotcha. Yes, yeah. One division. There's still Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's still pronouns though. There's still him, hers, they, them's. 
Beowulfs. Beowulfs. WandaVision, anyway. Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, What If. Every episode over the last eight to nine months has been a cliffhanger and an anticipation and a waiting for something to pay off. This is the Have thing. Have we got if, any of that? If all, I mean, I guess... Sorry. If all of these episodes were eventually leading to this build-up, then that should have been running through the whole thing. Instead, mm-hmm. we just kind of were like, yeah, we know where this is going. We're just waiting for it now to happen. I think that was yeah. a misstep. Yeah. I liked all of these shows. I liked all of them as well, but like, they I'm, have I'm happy been for very... everybody that likes this. I am. Nothing sarcastic. I am. Mm. Okay. I think that's what if. Let's get into hereditary. Yes. This is this is the endless spooky season. Okay, before we get into hereditary, I just want to say uh Only Murders in the Building, the latest episode. Brian fucking stop it. I'm gonna do this the entire time, I'm sorry. The latest episode. The the first half awful, the second half much better. I hope they stop doing this like random characters coming in. So uh, giving them massive clues and leads to the next part because it's a little bit like to a little bit. It was a little bit shit. The first half of that episode was a bit shit, but uh, it's still a good show and I love it. Um, <laughs> let's get into Hereditary. Let's get into Hereditary. I hate you both. Um, I know that this was my idea. This, this, like, I, I believe I'm it was a, my idea. Fan. I just, I, the film I, was I, had, your idea. I had to make you think it was your idea. <laughs> The <laughs> film get, was your idea, and, and, and to be fair, people on Instagram. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, let me just say this clean, because I want to put this at the start of it. Mm-hmm. This movie was very effective to me, and part of that was because I knew nothing about how this plot would play out. And anything I had assumed from marketing or posters or clips that I had seen um, didn't play out the way I, I thought it would so if you've not seen this and you want to watch it for the like our our ratings aside go and watch it before we tell you everything that's going to happen because i was i just didn't know what the fuck was going to happen next at any point anyway moving on um i remember the trailer for hereditary coming out and i'm not a big horror movie fan um there are films that are made by such powerful creative teams that you can only look at them and go that's going to be an undeniably great film that needs that should be watched. I should make an effort to watch it because like Jaws is one of these things and, and Jaws is so tame by comparison now, but like it was, you know, it's it's a horror film technically and it's just made so well that it's just has to be watched. And the moment I saw Tony Collette, who is just consistently just a great actress who's done good things and has has good judgment about the films that she puts herself in. Um, Muriel's Wedding scared me. <laughs> what was lady, it about Muriel's that one, Wedding? That one lady gets paralyzed from 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 having sex and falling back on her bottom. Yeah, yeah I, I that is true. Didn't understand that when I was watching. I was like, I, I, I remember rewinding that, going, "What am I missing? What happened? What happened here?" Yeah, scared the bejesus. This just woman's like, in a wheelchair like, now. What's it happening? Happen. It can happen just like that. I suppose a candle. It can. Also, I thought Tony Collette's name for years was Tony Coletti. 
Hmm. And Emer taught the same thing. Interesting. And we only, we only, we, and like nobody, I, we, like everybody else calls her Tony Collette. Hmm. So but I don't I'm know sure you would have encountered from. Irish people called Collette. No? Because that is a name you hear. No. Okay, just me. No, um, I, I have an aunt called Collette. I think one of my mom's friends or people she works with. Uncle's wife, but yeah. your uncle's wives are aunts, right? We can all agree. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Was that was that up for dispute, Brian? I don't know. Was it? No. No. Yeah. But your husband's no, children don't need to be anything to you. Fucking pricks. Or indeed wives. Wait, husband's children do need to be something to you. Damn it. Your brother-in-law's? Does that make sense? Huh? Your brother-in-law's kids. Tony Collette is very good in this film. They're your cousins. Yes. Tony Colletti. Give us a quick recap for I mean, we're go- we're going to we're going to sp- we're going to spoil this, right? We're going to spoil the shit out of this. So just bear that in mind. This movie's from 2018. It is a much-loved horror film. Give us a plot summary for anybody who but, hasn't and must, seen it. And must watch if you haven't No, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. Um, from the director Ari Aster, who is also responsible for Midsummer, this stars Tony Collette, Gabriel Byrne, uh, Alex Wolf, Anne Dowd, and Millie Shapiro. Uh, Annie lives in a house with her husband Steve. They're, I don't know if they're in that house or that is their house uh, after the death of Annie's mother. That's their house. So it, the it movie house, opens yeah. with the funeral. Because their mother has a room, remember? Mm hmm. Um, the you went hmm you didn't even acknowledge really what I said mother has a room but like you, you you bring an ill parent to your house or you go to their house I'm, I wasn't quite clear whose house that was originally because the mother seemed deeply ingrained into that building you know the mother yeah, had a room that. the mother had engravings on the floor and that's mother's for you um, I don't entirely know how to describe this film I don't I don't know scary because do you mean in plot summary sense or plot, plot summary do, do you want me to just okay laying out the plot um, the family are dealing with the trauma of losing the mother uh, it's it's a sad household uh, Tony Collette's relationship is strained the mother seemed to be um, manipulative uh, uh, demanding it seems to have been a very very fractious relationship so Tony Collette is dealing with in her grief, how she should actually feel about losing somebody who was a very sort of... Um, and then things uh, get spooky. And then things yeah, get I think the spooky. Movie, the, movie's about, the movie's about family, loss, grief, feelings of guilt when someone well, you should love goes we, we, we and, can uh, get, we and can paranormal. Get, yes. So we can get into themes uh, in a second. I'm just going to try and keep going with the, the plot because it's weirdly like there is so much to kind of set up to get to the, the plot of it. Um, the the her son wants to go to a party. He gets made to bring his sister, who is a kind of antisocial kid. I don't know what way I would describe this child and her social interactions or disorders or otherwise. She's just not good socially. Let's leave it at that. She's just she's allergic. She's allergic to nuts. That's she also has a nut allergy that is very clearly set up. Her brother tries to just fob her off at the party so he can go off and smoke weed with a potential girlfriend. The kid has a slice of cake, has an anaphylactic reaction, and there's a rush to the hospital. Why? Like, I, I don't blame the kid. I don't blame Peter in this at all. 
Mm. Uh, his parents should have given him an epi, ep, the EpiPen and all that kind of stuff. Like, and like, I'm I'm being serious when I say this. Like, you know, in terms of like, uh, that does seem like standard operating procedure for somebody with a lethal nut allergy. Yes, it wouldn't yeah. have mattered though because this has all been set up. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, has it? The the child unfortunately dies on the way to the hospital. This causes even more uh, trauma, grief, friction in the household. And Tony Collette's character gets dragged into a kind of support group that puts her in touch with mediums, which manages to conjure spirits into the house, which leads to possession. And we find out is all part of a much larger kind of conspiracy in the local area. Um, I'm trying to be a little bit vague because I do know that potentially people haven't seen this. I know that Cree might listen to this and she hasn't seen it. And based on what I was sending into that WhatsApp group last night, we'll probably not watch it. Because <laughs> this film, I, I like I had bad dreams, boys. I had bad dreams. You, you know what's funny about it, though, is... Gave you nightmares. That's hilarious. When I, had, I had the nightmares. I've watched it since. And on repeat viewings, it plays out like a black comedy to me. And maybe that's because you know how doomed people are in it. Mm. But it, it, I found it kind of, I found it blackly comic when I watched it again. And I'd be curious to see if you would too. I, I think so much of what is upsetting about it is the tension because you don't know where it's going or what's going to happen. The grief aspect of it is deeply upsetting. Yeah. That that's where that's gonna, that's I, that's worse than any scare in the film is is her let, reaction. Let just, um the grief aspect. Brian of it. Brian I, I, used to send me messages just going <laughs> I, I think the grief say it to him in the phone. is worse than any scare or gore in the film. Yeah, of course, it's man. Deeply it's affecting. Mm. Um, and I think that's you know on repeat viewing then you're a little kind of desensitized because you know you know what's going to happen and you know where it's going and you know so much of when it's playing out the first time it's because you don't know what's going to happen next but knowing where it goes mm-hmm. it it's slightly less effect uh, for me anyway it was slightly less affecting but not in a bad way it was just it was and again the, the music is just I don't know, did the music register with you? But mm. uh, yeah, the music is, it's Colin Stetson. Who <sighs> you've probably seen music posters for gigs um, around the city because he's played a few times and he's playing this huge saxophone that's as big as he is, basically. Um, Contrabass. Mm-hmm. And it just produces this awful, fantastic sound. And that just, that 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 sound is just, underneath so many scenes and it is just unnerving and it's it's excellent i think you're right about that like when i think about when i was watching it like whatever physical trauma that might lead to death of any particular character at any point in it i do remember thinking oh thank christ they're nearly dead they're free from this they're free yeah they're free from this (laughs) it's over oppressive yeah existence and the the way that like her 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 job as a 
uh, 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 sorry, let me let me think of the phrase here. But a diorama, a miniature high, a high art miniaturist that that exhibits her her work uh, is a ludicrous fucking job to begin with. But the way that the movie opens and brings us into this little dollhouse in the room, the, this this artificial environment. And the way that the exterior shots have a tilt shift focus on them so that we're looking at the big house, but it still feels. Did you see all the tiny people outside? Yeah. And we feel you feel like this is just some fucking everything that happens in here is being setting stage. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Why did you feel? Why do you feel like her house is or her job is ridiculous? Because she makes miniature dioramas as a for a living, for in, in yeah, an artistic sure. skills like uh, there, there has to be people. Doing I, I there, there is. Look, yeah. I can send you at least Look one at on guy. Twitter or Instagram right now that yeah. does that. But, we're, that but, makes but great remember, stuff. like there was a whole film. Excuse me, there was a whole film about that guy Maro or whatever, who um um after after having suffered some head trauma made like films and photographs of like action figures and war stories and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and he was in exhibitions and all that kind of things so like it's not um steve carell was in the movie yeah not, welcome uh, to somethingville wasn't it marwin yeah something like that marwin welcome to marwin yeah um, well, all i'm saying is like it's not it's not a ridiculous job because people like art is one of those things that like you know abstract art contemporary art people don't like it but if you mm-hmm. saw someone a, a really detailed miniature 99.9% of the world is going to understand it and probably appreciate the, the, the amount of work and detail that went into it. Into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. I'm just saying it's possible. Ah, uh, sure, yeah. You're, I mean, you're I'm just being glib. I'm, well, yeah. Okay. It's very much... <laughs> joke. It's That's very much a structural device to help sell that the world they're living in is artificial and controlled. And as much as she's mm. trying to exhibit control in her life, there's something bigger looking at her. It's... It's great. <laughs> The the music I, is sorry. Go ahead. I I have questions. Go on. But they're but they're over. They're like kind of like plot questions. So spoiler questions. I, yeah. I don't I don't want to run. I don't want to run ahead of ourselves here. So I can save them to no, later. No, I, I think I think I've run through the whole plot broadly. So let's just talk around it. Um, so the grandmother hmm. did some ritualistic satanic stuff mm-hmm. on Tony Collette, and she was meant to give birth to a boy but then give birth to a girl and the girl was the wrong vessel so they were going to pass the body or the soul on to the boy she didn't necessarily do now maybe I missed that she didn't necessarily do anything unholy to Tony Collette but she created an environment which Tony Collette wanted to get away from but when Tony Collette got pregnant again Annie the character then got pregnant she wanted to get near the child so that she could set up this possession when that was impossible, she settled for the second child, who was Charlie. And Charlie said that grandmother wished she was a boy. And that's because the demon prepared a male host. Prepared a male host. Also, so, potentially, her father and brother killed themselves because she was trying to put the, the demon inside them. Very likely. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that there's, there's a kind of theme then, you know, to do with, you know, um... Not melting illness, because like not to, not to kind of have a negative view of that, but there's an angle. Menacide. There's an angle where it's about like you know the the kind of toxic influence that you know 
a negative person, a negative family member can can have throughout a throughout a family dynamic. So not to say that there's anything wrong with the kind of illnesses that a person suffered, like you know, mm. her brother's well, schizophrenia and stuff. But but the being around someone who who doesn't yeah. understand or wants to understand is problematic yeah. for that person's mental health yeah. or condition. And then how you know you carry that trauma to your own family as well. It's an interesting kind mm. of theme. Yeah. Yeah. The scene at the dinner table where Peter tries to sort of I guess I am your mother what's coming from It's terrifying. Annie. But it's pure like it's not horror movie at this point. That is just pure oh God, just fucked up family relationship play, issues. Yeah, you know? it's awful. It it it's it's one of the worst scenes in terms of like the effect he it has on killed you. her daughter. And then he just he, she didn't want to go to the party, mom. Why was she there? It's such a He can't forgive himself and she can't forgive him and they can't talk about it. And then when they do it, it just erupts in this scene that is scary. It's it's you know, again, it's probably scarier than a lot of stuff that actually the horror stuff, you know, it's compelling. The, the, I don't blame him, the, by the way. That kid is old enough not to do that. Well, yeah. I the mean. whole, the whole, um, I just have this from the Wikipedia. The script reflects a real life incident in 2004 in Marietta, Georgia, in which John Kemper Hutcherson accidentally decapitated his friend and passenger Frankie Brom on a telephone pole after the latter had leaned his head from the vehicle to relieve the symptoms of his inebriation. Hutcherson then drove home with Brom's headless corpse in the car and fell asleep until a passerby walking with his toddler, noticed Brom's body still in the truck the next morning and notified authorities. Yikes. So, yikes. That's, that's brutal. Also, that scene in the movie is horrific. When it cuts oh back to God. her head. That whole sequence. Oh, Jesus. That, when it cuts back to her head. That, it, the, that's the first graphic thing in the film and that that shook me because... It's been so, it's so muted hmm. up until that point, and then it, there's this stark image. But you, you see, you get this sort of this very, as you say, muted, safe football bouncing off a lamppost kind of thing happens. But that moment is very affecting. Yeah, and then him, the shots of him just kind of looking up to the rearview mirror, and then can't can't face it. Mm-hmm. And then he drives home and you follow him go and lie down in bed and you watch his face as the morning comes. And then she screams just when she sees her it. mother. It's brutal. Go out to the car and you just hear the screams. And the screams carry on through the funeral. Yep. And the crying. And it kind of just cuts to the head in the street with the crying still going on. With the ants. It is. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> it's amazing. Jesus fucking! I I think I'm changed. <laughs> so when I went to see this, um, I'd gotten lost up a mountain, uh, for a bit. We got lost in the fog. We got we got turned around. Um, we eventually found a route back down, but it wasn't proper. We were like off off trail. We had dogs with us, so like I'm I'm walking through this kind of dense bush where I can't see where my feet are landing, and. I'm I'm going off a drop of at least at some some points it was like 
two feet almost and I'm stepping off that I can't see where I'm going. I'm walking through this massive bushes and hedges and stuff. And I've got the dog with me as well. And I can't leave her off the lead because there's too much kind of livestock and stuff around. So she's dragging me down a mountain. My knees are fucked by the time I get to the bottom of the mountain and we're nowhere near where we parked the car. So I've been lost up a mountain wandering in the fog and the rain with no food for a couple of hours. And then I'm walking down a mountain and my knees are in bits. So I'm physically and mentally broken. (laughs) And then I went to see hereditary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it definitely enhanced the experience. But uh, so can I tell you about my, one of my top cinema experiences? And it was, I'm sure I've probably told this before, but now that you've seen it, I can talk about it in a bit of detail. Go on. So it's the scene where Peter has now wakes up and we know a change has occurred and we don't know what exactly. And in the background of the shot, we see a woman up by the ceiling in the corner, in the shadows. Yeah, and his mom. She's she's like crawling. Mm. Um, I saw it. I was with Podge. Podge saw it. The guy beside us saw it and we all just kind of went like, like just a little kind of laugh to ourselves. I'm kind of like, I looked at Podge and the guy near us kind of saw us looking at each other and we had this little moment of acknowledgement, but nobody else in the audience had spotted it yet. And it's just very quiet. It's very dark. And we're all sitting there waiting for her to move in the background of the shot, like crawl across mm-hmm. the walls and like the crowd's going to react because uh, like they hadn't seen it yet and then when she moves she scuttles across the, the ceiling and like you know most of the audience is kind of like oh, you know like a little quiet gasp and stuff but a woman right at the back it was just her last nerve just broke oh, God and bless her. she just like the most defeated broken oh Jesus Christ like just <laughs> flat no affectation just yeah, just yeah, yeah. done but like it was it was it was after everybody else had reacted and it was loud enough for the entire cinema to hear it. It wasn't like, a, oh, Jesus. It was just, oh, Jesus Christ. Just, mm. it broke her. She was changed <laughs> already. And that was, she was done. And the entire cinema then laughed because it was just this perfect little kind of tension breaker to the moment. But yeah. everybody felt what she was feeling, but she, she said it. And it was just, it was hilarious. It was so good. The moment... So this is, I'm, I'm kind of connected to thoughts here watching it. Like the eulogy that Annie delivers at the start where she says that seeing so many strange faces here today, like strange definitely has two meanings at this fucking point. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a point where Charlie, during the, the viewing of the grandmother's body, um, um, looks to her right, or I think it's that scene, and she sees this man just staring at her with a smile. And you don't see that man again until he is standing naked naked in the shadow (laughs) at the end of the movie, shitty to grin on his face, weird fucking bleach shaved hair fucking look, just staring at the kid. And then the mother runs out of a corner that we hadn't seen her in before. Yeah. That was terrifying. 
Like you see her in that top corner, you know where she is, you know where Peter is in relation to it. Then you see Peter's point of view, and there's just a naked man staring at him in his living room. I, I think and the, it comes back to the wide, and Tony Collette runs at him, and you're like, "Oh my god!" I think the second most upsetting visual for me in the film then was when you just hear that. It's like, what is that sound? And he looks up and she's oh, floating off, yeah. <laughs> and she's cutting fuck her off. own head off. I was like, what the fuck? She's back and forth with the, the piano Fucking wire. Bike chain or piano yeah. wire. Oh. And it's just this awful you... sound that you hear and you're like, what is that? And he, he looks up and she's floating, grinning, cutting her own head off. It was like, Jesus Christ. But there's Amazing. the thing as well that that scene plays on. First of all, that's a fucking... He gets up into the attic. We know what's in the attic in terms of bodies. Mm-hmm. There's the banging on the underside of it. And then it cuts and shows you that banging of her upside down floating, drilling her head, head into the fucking the, thing. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, she's actually now in the attic cutting her head off, which is a horrible fucking image. And they don't even need to... He fucking looks up and there's three naked people in the fucking room. He leaps out the window. And then you keep hearing that sawing sound until you hear a thunk of that body hitting the floor in the attic above you. You don't even see it. I hated this. <laughs> I genuinely... Give it a week, try watch it again and see... No, see fuck you! It, it really is like a black... Fuck you! It, it, it is like a black comedy because the thing is, his fate is sealed so early on. And everything that happens when you know what's about to happen there's a kind of well, for me at least maybe i'm alone in this but there's there's a there's a there's a dark comedy in the fact of where things go and it's a happy ending in the end fuck you it's happy it's and, a happy ending <laughs> and what's funny as well is i i had this thought as i was watching it i was like we've talked about this three different times but i was watching it going is that margot martindale or is that and out? <laughs> it's and out. Um. <sighs> so what I will say is, Midsummer is nowhere near as upsetting, and it's very yeah, good. Everybody says, everybody says Midsummer's worse than uh, no. Hereditary. I really don't think no. so. And like, because like, last weekend we were talking about it, and somebody said, "Oh, Midsummer is way worse," and I was just like, I was like, we watched no. different movies. No way, no way, no way. Peace. I don't know if I told the story before. Pete went to go see The Hills of Eyes once by himself. And the lady at the ticket desk kept insisting. She was like, two for the money. He was like, no, no, The Hills of Eyes. She was like, no, two for the money. He was like, The Hills of Eyes. She was like, two for the money, which is the Pacino McConaughey sports agent Mm. thing, I think. And... He was kind of insisting, no, I, I want to go see The Hills of Eyes. And he went and he watched The Hills of Eyes and he lasted all of 10 minutes before he walked out and asked her for a ticket for a two for the money. So Pete, um, even more so than you, Aiden, doesn't like horror movies, can't handle them. Uh, Pete went to see Midsummer with us in the cinema and he was fine. You know, so mm. if Pete if Pete can handle Midsummer. It's definitely not as bad as Hereditary. So do watch Midsummer. It's nowhere near as... Nowhere near. Fuck you. Nowhere near as upsetting. Part, part of... 
part of this has to just be as well. Tony Collette just sells. She's incredible. The the humanity and the urgency and the that that moment where Anne Dowd's character Joni meets her in the car park and is confronting her with this information. And as the blocking of the scene plays out, she removes herself from the shot. And Annie is just left isolated and vulnerable. It's a, it's a very, it's a really nice piece of staging of the performance as well. As that conversation goes on, Anne Dowd just removes herself from the shot. It's, there's so much filmmaking in this thing. If that makes any sense, without being like ostentatious or yep. you know being being pretentious about it, like the if you did that, <laughs> I was just calling it a dog. That's all. Mm. Oh God! When the fucking when Charlie is standing at the foot of his bed and she just lulls her head forward and they swap it out for the ball that comes rolling. And then the hands grab. Mm. Remember when he wakes up and he's covered in gasoline and she sets him on fire. She doesn't. No, she doesn't do that. No. Right? no, no. She she sleepwalks. She tells a story of nearly doing that. And she sleepwalks in and sees him. She drops it in some cash. In as well. <laughs> and like the like where she goes. I never wanted to be your mother. And she goes. <gasps> Like that moment of like, I never wanted to be your mother. And then the catching herself and realizing what she said. And then that scene escalate. I, I don't know. There, there's some people for whom they will tell you the story of working on a set like that was traumatic and emotionally draining. And there's people who will go, it's just acting. I just shrugged it off and got on with my day. I, I, I don't know. There are so many scenes in that movie where it's just like people must have been exhausted. Just emotionally fucking... <clears throat> wiped though he doesn't have an awful lot to do um i was very happy to see gabriel Byrne. yep he's a good presence Uh, in it you know he's he's a good presence yeah. yeah he's he serves a very he serves a solid purpose um as a sort of stable yeah outside viewer to what this is you know because the 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 sun is just falling apart. Charlie's kind of odd, but he is this sort of kind of just holding it together figure. So by the time he breaks down, him watching the fight unfold at the dinner table, just seeing him like holding in his own desire to tell them to stop this, but realizing that they do need to sort of get some of this out. And it's just... Fucking hated this. It's very good, right? Hated this film. Very good film. Cree should definitely watch it. Can we make like a? Can we make like the airplane version of this for Cree? <laughs> <laughs> just, just remove all of the scary bits. How long would that film be? It's about a lady that makes miniatures. So is doormats. Finn. <laughs> So, so so you need your homework now is to watch it again as a comedy and then watch Midsummer. Midsummer I do recommend. It's good. I, I need the A24 stuff. Yeah, the Green Knight is also A24. Yeah. Which? The Green Knight. Green Knight. No, the, isn't there the witch? 
Oh, the witch. witch. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that A24? Is it? I, yep. I don't know. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's A24. Or sorry, I'm pretty sure it's the witch, then Hereditary, then Midsummer. Okay. In that kind of way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the witch is the one with the... Um, Black Peter. Philip. Black Philip, sorry. Black Peter is a Scandinavian thing. Sure it is. Wait, but yeah, yeah it was the, it's the one you with know the, what I'm talking about? The... No. Huh? No. Black Peter is Santa's ah, friend. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> He's his helper. Oh, um, also, uh, Midnight Mass is uh, your homework. Gotta watch that. It's only seven episodes. So... The recommendation is for our, our, our listeners to go and watch Hereditary if you haven't, or at the very least have hopefully enjoyed how uncomfortable I was watching it and uh, recounting what I appreciated about it, even though it was a trauma that will stick with me. Um, what will we watch next week? Martyrs. Kevin mentioned It Follows. I'm not I'm not it, doing another one of your fucking <laughs> psycho... This is supposed to be fun. Can we find a... like? A, let's find a horror movie that, like... Like um, Halloween Town from the Disney Channel, where there's just like fun pumpkins and shit. Oh, oh, Brian, um, Brian, I know, I know one, and it is actually a good one. Um, I want to say, oh, what's it called? Like, don't make a noise or something. Oh, Jesus Christ! I know what you're talking about. I don't want to watch that. And it's the one where they break into a house of a guy who's blind. Is that a horror film though? That seems more like a kind of thriller. Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. Is it okay? What's the one on... I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. I keep forgetting the name of it. It's got Will Forte and Maeve Higgins. That one's... That's kind of good. Uh, Have you seen that paranormal. yet? Paranormal. Paranormal. Yeah, that's very good. Is it, par- is it no. something paranormal something? Paran- no. no. It's obituary or... Obituary? I can't remember. Have you seen that? Uh, I watched 20 minutes of it and got bored. Okay. Well, that's what happens when you want to watch something fun. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Is It Follows good? It is. Yeah. Have you both seen it? it? Is there something you haven't seen that you want to watch? Martyrs. That isn't Martyrs. Fucking, I I don't want to watch Irreversible either. Can we find something? That is not a horror movie. Mm. But it has a pretty traumatic... Horrifying. Do you remember somebody's bright idea the film club or something in IADT was to screen Irreversible and they put up posters around the college with a screenshot of that scene I think I had left at that point That so a screenshot of that scene Jesus the name Christ. of the movie screening in AO21 Monday at 10pm or, or 10 yeah, that's not cool some I'm sorry whoever did that is a dickhead yeah they knew exactly what they were doing yeah there were other to begin with there's other marketing items you could use if you really wanted to screen that film but also let's not screen that film this is shudder um what were you going to suggest brian or um there's one fire the house of the devil me house of the devil's good i like that um twin peaks fire walk with me that's kind of a horror kind of uh, House of the Devil is good though. It's very uh, retro kind of horror movie. 
Is that the one where people are trying to fit him a do a ghost house in a house? No. Okay, that's a different one. I said the devil is desperate to make some money so she can move into a new apartment. College student Samantha Hughes takes a mysterious babysitting job when she arrives at the house. I'm pretty sure you, you've seen it, Kev. It's a full lunar eclipse. I recommended oh, it to I, you. Yeah. I, I, I think have. I think you have. Because I watched I it years ago on Netflix, and I suggested you you check it out. Um, here's here's one. There's Treads from 1984, apocalyptic war drama set. No, <laughs> but yes, uh, it's brutal. It's, it's, it's scary. Brutal. It's 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 scary in the way that Chernobyl is scary, and it's yeah brutal. You've seen it though. I haven't. I, I've read about it and it's awfully good. Uh, no, it, it, it sounds deeply upsetting. But good. I, I, I don't think it's a com- film though. I think it was a sh- like a miniseries, wasn't it? Or is it a film? I can't remember, Brian. I never saw it. I just... I just. I think, I I think it was a series, of- possibly. There was one called... There's a movie called Come and See... I That's saw. another sort of post-apocalyptic thing. Um, hang on. Uh, so what you were thinking of is Don't Breathe. Where does Ready or Not fall in? Have you seen that? I'm, is, Ready or Not's very, very good. Ready or Not's but good. it's a yeah. fun one. Yeah, it is it's a fun, fun one. It is fun. Does that, but you've both yeah. seen it. Yeah, but yeah. this is now Get Aiden to Watch Horror Movie Week. Uh, I'm just looking at 200 Best Horror Movies. Fire, in, no the, interest in, fire in the Sky. Have you seen it? Let's find something we haven't seen. Fire in the sky. I haven't. I haven't seen Fire in the Sky. Fire in the sky. Have you? Have you seen Fire in the Sky? Brian, that's not the. That's not the horrible one about the Japanese. Uh, no, no, that's the. Okay, not that's the that. men behind the sun. I think. Yeah. That's awful. That's. The worst thing about that is all of that stuff happened, and it's. I don't. It's, no, I, I've listened to a podcast about it. Brutal. Uh, Fire in the sky yeah. is about alien abduction. Have you seen it? No. Is that a lie? No. Is that a lie? No. It's not. I'm not lying. <laughs> I've okay. I've seen the scene in it that I want ye to see. Oh God! <laughs> You're the only reason I've seen a person shot in the face. Like, <sighs> ah, you would have seen that too. I haven't found it since. <laughs> only because you avoid it now is the thing. You would have seen it. Have you seen Train to Busan? Um, no, I have not. Kevin, have you seen Train to Busan? No, no. Can I suggest that then? Yes, you can. Can that be this week's vetoed though? What does that mean? Oh, you, you, you suggest it? No, no, no. I'm joking. I said you can suggest it, but I'm. Oh, no, no. Let's do that. Let's, watch let's that. do that. Yep. I think I think that's something that's like it's got a a real high rating. Um, I think audience will have seen it or will want to potentially see it. And uh, I think I love Korean films. Yeah, I think Train to Busan is a good a good shout. Zombie movie, Korean, set in a train. Ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty nine percent audience score. I think we get a little bit more obscure next week, but this week, um, we go with the mainstream Korean zombie movie. One of the main actors in it is going to be in the Eternals, also. Cool. So, yeah, fantastic. (laughs) 